Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Recently, we've talked about my mother's health not being so good, and she no longer has to be concerned about her health because she has left the planet as we know it. And we had a lot of events, of course, that happened around that. So we'll have to explain ourselves. So content warning death. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your mother was in the hospital for the fourth time after having gone from hospitals to um, nursing facilities three times. I I think so. And it seems like more than that. After the fourth time. I don't remember the number of times. It's at least that many. It felt like a lot more. And as we probably mentioned before, but just a slight recap, she broke her arm on May 1st and you had hospital duty that night because I was working and things did not get better after that. No. She couldn't manage at home. I would get stuck places. I put her at a nursing facility that her doctor's office got through the insurance. It wasn't good. She demanded I take her out. I took her out. But she needed to go right back in again because she She wasn't okay to be out. She needed to go to the hospital because then you had to go there and take her blood sugar. And it didn't work. No. Yes. This Uh, is all what we talked about. Yeah. So we talked about all these things. Yes. So she was doing really well at the last nursing home. She was. At first, she she was herself and just kind of ornery about it and didn't want to get out of bed and didn't want to do things. And then she was doing pretty good. She was eating. She was getting up and doing her physical therapy. And she had done that actually that day uh, before she went back to the hospital. She did those things and her blood sugar was 127 in the morning. And then they went at lunch to check on her right before lunch and it was over 500. And they had to send her right back to the hospital. So that was a second DKA. Yes. And it wasn't a good sign and it was a mystery at that point. So they sent her to the ICU. Yes. Again. You know, it's a tiny hospital. I did not know there were a couple ICUs. In our small middle of nowhere, something like a city, they apparently have gradations of ICU that are housed in different wings of that hospital. Yeah. Wings. You can hear the air quotes. (laughs) Yeah. Hallways that they built to another building. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of knew that that wasn't so good because that, that ICU didn't have a lot of people in it and it was really intensive in there. Yeah. And she started to not sound good. So they were doing all this testing and trying to figure out why was her blood sugar going all over the place. They couldn't get it under control at the ICU. And they did all kinds of stuff. And she was mad. And they poked her with a lot of things. And she doesn't like that. So at some point, they decided they were going to move her off that floor. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's getting better or something. Mm -hmm. But, But that wasn't it. What they ultimately found is she had too many things going on at once that could not be addressed all at once. And looking back over it, it seems that that probably had been happening for some time. And since we were in the middle of it for so long, we didn't know. And Our so, frogs had been boiled. Well, we were busy every time. Yes. There's no time to stop and say, I wonder what's happening here. You know, you're waiting for a medical test to figure that out. But eventually, one of the tests figured out she had like a leaky heart valve on top of liver problems and kidney problems and problems. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My sister was asking later, why didn't they seem to know this sooner? I said, well, typically they chalk it up to you're getting old 
Yeah. So these things are not functioning as good. I think part of it is that they may have known and they may have even told your mother. But when your mother is calling your sister from the ICU, from the top tier of level of care ICU. Because she'd wait till I got there and let me call my sister because my sister couldn't call her because my mother couldn't get to the phone. She couldn't reach the phone. She couldn't pick up the phone. She couldn't hold it. She didn't have the muscle strength. She didn't have any strength to do anything. Um, But your sister would ask, how are you doing? Every time my sister would ask and my mother would say, oh, I'm fine. And I'm standing there in the middle of whichever ICU we're in looking looking around going, fine, fine, where? (laughs) What is the definition of fine in this case? Yeah, we are in another ICU with a serious medical issue and you're fine? Apparently. I think she just didn't want my sister to worry. My sister is a worrier. Your sister is a worrier, but at that point, I don't know if the the truth would have been a better bet because now she's doing all of the worrying after the fact, also known as grief. Yes. Whereas you and I were grieving all along the way. While we were trying to keep up with ourselves. Yes. Going back and forth to all these facilities. Mm-hmm. Some of them not as close to our house as we would like. Correct. They moved her to the other floor because they couldn't do anything else. They moved her to palliative care. Yes. Nobody told me that. Nobody told me they were moving her. I I just heard they were moving her and I thought, okay. And then I got there and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, nope. That's not better. No. What's the plan here? In the meantime, while we're doing all these things of going back and forth, the number two child, the boy is with me most of the time. Yes. Because I have to pick him up and take him everywhere. His mother was not available and he was really good. He was. In the last ICU, he started aggravating my mother and I thought, oh, she's just, she's being herself. Maybe that's a good sign. But she didn't do it with as much gusto as usual. So I wasn't really thinking that entirely. I just Mm-mm. thought he'd start doing something and she'd say, what is he doing? She, you know? Yes. If she had the energy to be annoyed, then it was good that she had energy. Yeah. Because she seemed a little bit better at that point. But, but you and I were still playing musical houses at this point also. Yes. So he, he came with me to all of the things and When they moved her to the upstairs and uh, the boy and I went to visit her, that's when she said, she was trying to explain to me what I think was her explanation of, I've decided to go on hospice, but she wasn't really explaining that clearly. Allow me to express my complete and utter shock that someone in your family was explaining something not clearly. Right. So then a social worker came in who used to work with me. At the government agency that you work for, but now they work for a hospital. Yeah. Okay. And said, so I can bring you the hospice lists. And I was like, oh, okay, I've got it now. You know, it's like, it's like a puzzle, mm-hmm. a together puzzle of what's happening here. Mm-hmm. My mother wasn't quite understanding between that and the next day when we did get hospice people there to talk to her and, and help us, you know, sign her into hospice. She was afraid they were going to try to keep her there and she didn't want them to keep her there. She wanted to go home. And that is how they do hospice care in our county. Yes. You are expected to have a full-time caregiver from your family and then you are assigned a nurse that visits on a regular basis. Yes, and she didn't understand that and I didn't understand what she wasn't understanding because she couldn't tell me. Um, Anyhow, (laughs) once I realized this, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I think I sent you a message and said something like, uh, you know, "Uh uh-oh, my sister has to know this. And you said, 
let your mother tell her. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. It is a good idea. You don't need to call your sister to tell her that your mother's dying. I'm there with my mother and the boy. Yes. There's no way to think. No, that is correct. And I'm, you know, been running around for now six, seven weeks like this. So, And I'm thinking if there's anything that your mother can do for herself at this point, she still needs to be doing it. And it was her preference. Yes. I did say to her, how about you tell my sister what's happening here or whatever I said to her. Mm-hmm. And she said, yes. So she, she did call my sister. Very good. And my sister doesn't handle th- these things very easily. This is the sister who, when your nephew's pet rabbit, I think it was, died, she told them it ran away. And yes. for for seven or eight years after, they would look for it in the side yard and in the neighbor's yard. Yeah. She doesn't want to talk about that. She wasn't living the reality we were living. And my mother was telling her she was fine. So I think she knew better. And I was trying to keep her in a little more reality than that. But yeah, my mother had to tell her my my sister just lost it and couldn't talk. And, you know, it was very sad. And my my mother's funny. She'll talk to people differently, you know, Uh depending on who it is. And so knowing it was my sister, she gets her on the phone and she says, now you listen to me. By which she means... Youngest child is obviously not going to listen. Mm -hmm. Tell them to listen. (laughs) And she did say, look... My uh, heart is failing, my kidneys are failing, my liver's failing, and they can't fix it. And so I'm going to go home to die. Those are her words. Something I'm going to like go that. home to die. Something yes. about that. She she needed to be blunt with your sister at that point because I'm fine was not going to cut it. <laughs> no, and she needed to tell my sister why. Yes. Because my sister would want the why. Yes, she, she wants would. to know, what do you mean you're dying? Mm-hmm. Exactly what is killing you? Mm-hmm. Myself is killing me, so... Yes. Myself is all done. I can't escape it. No. Not until I die anyway. No. And see, what was helpful to me is, as my mother had been trying to explain that, and the social worker came in with that, then the cardiologist came in with his other cardiology buddy and talked to her a little about her decision, and there was, you know, sorry they couldn't help her more, but they thought her decision was understandable, and so that way it was clear to me that this was really what was happening, because, you know, it helps me and my sister know for sure this is what... Because your mother has a way of interpreting reality to suit her own... Her explanations are not always clear. No, no. And she doesn't always take in the explanations from others accurately either. Well, and when you're in the state she was in. That's understandable. Trying to then explain that to someone else. She had been for weeks losing a lot of words and substituting them. Not just like towel and pillow like you do or Uh garage and clothes garage like I do. (laughs) Um, The closet, you mean? Yeah. The closed garage. That's right. That's so great. Or the thing where you stand and the water goes on your head, you know? Yes. She would be at that stage a lot. And so when she was in that last ICU, I could hear her breathing and I thought, that's the breathing a person who's dying has, you know? Yeah. But she had come back a few times and I I didn't know. And I thought, I started to think, how much of this does she have to go through, Mm -hmm. you know? And then she did say at that point, if they can't fix this, you know, this is prior to going uh, going upstairs on the other floor, I guess I'll just die. And so I did talk to her about that. And that wording would seem a little mm, sarcastic, but her tone was just matter of fact. I guess this is what's next. Yes, it would seem sarcastic and incongruent with the situation. Yes. But... That's the way she was. And I, I did talk to her about that. And I said, okay, so what do you think about that? And how do you feel about that? And <laughs> what? It was incongruent with the situation, but that's just the way she was. 
she was incongruent with the situation. Yes. And she, all the time. She was fine with that, though. Yeah. I think when you get old, it's okay to be incongruent with everything else going on, if that's your preference. That's my problem. I'm not old enough to get away with being incongruent. <laughs> True. Maybe anyway. you make your hair gray. It might work. It could. Or I could just transition. That helps, too. It might turn gray anyway, then. Yeah, it might. It might. Because I'd probably stop dyeing it when I cut it. Yeah. You would cut it? I would cut it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be a long-haired guy. Who knows? We're going to have all the shoes, so, you know, I'm just checking. Uh, I don't know. So, anyhow, she was a little mad that it was almost her 75th birthday, and she wasn't going to have that. And I said, well, you're kind of like Grandma being her mother, who died a month before her 95th birthday. You're just refusing to have your birthday. And she was a little mad because it was almost her husband's birthday. and Her late know, husband's birthday. Her, yeah, her late husband's birthday, and was sad about that. And then she said, oh, well, um, I'm tired of this. And I said, I understood that because I would That's fair. I would be tired of it too. So yeah, she went to the other floor and the boy and the cardiologist and the social worker and, the, you know, hospice choice. We have a, a friend has worked hospice. So mm-hmm. while my mother was then done talking to my sister and we had that managed, took a while, I then was going to have her call her sister. You know, there's an order to these things and she needs to be the one telling the people yes the things so i i uh, sent our friend a text and said hey we need uh hospice recommendations and she got back to me as soon as she could and gave her recommendations which was wonderful and very helpful because people have good and bad experiences with hospice correct and if you have a inside information you want to utilize that Mm -hmm. so the next day i had to come in and see the social worker right away and say we want this hospice and this nurse or this nurse because we, we could have that information ready then we all had to go a bunch of us had to go there so my mother's sister so my aunt grandma our adopted grandma i probably had a kid with me because i usually did yep and my mother was very lively that day this is something that happens yes with people who are about to go on hospice or about to die they she was very feisty she hadn't i hadn't seen her like that in months right quite a few months and the hospice nurse was so great she was eclectic yes yes to say the least she was perfect fit Uh huh. And when she got there, my mother said to her, I just want to go home. And she said to my mother, of course you do. And we are going to get that taken care of. Yeah. And that that was good. Yeah. And, you know, so we had to do all the stuff and get it taken care of. And and then they could bring my mother home the next day. So that Mm -hmm. was already two days, like a day and a half more at the hospital before she came home on the hospice. Because I had to say to her, okay, so now we've got the hospice people signed up now. Where do you want the bed? And so I know furniture to go move. And Then we did end up having to go and move the apartment around. Yes. Because we had gone and cleaned up after she had had C. diff. Yes. But then we needed room for her to have a hospital bed there. I have to say it was really nice to have the whole place super clean when you're going to have cram a bunch of people in there. Yes. Because it's tiny. Yes. You and your work wife had done the tidying and the disinfecting, and then I had cleaned the carpets and the upholstery and some of the walls. We got it really clean. Yes. Everybody thought that that couch looked like a brand new couch. Which was interesting because she had... She couldn't see what she was doing and diabetes issues. Anyhow, Mm -hmm. it was very clean. So so she came home and my sister was waiting to come here. And 
I thought she probably should come now, and she was packed, but I wanted the hospice nurse to say what the scoop was because that would give us a final answer because my sister was having a hard time with that. Like, she knew she needed to come here, but she didn't want to have to come here. She has a lot of anxiety, and not only the anxiety about death and anxiety about her mother's passing, but also anxiety about leaving her family and going on a big trip and taking that trip alone and all of these other things that cause people with anxiety more anxiety. Right. And And when you're in the middle of a situation like that. I found it interesting that when this nurse came after your mother had come home, Mm -hmm. and the nurse came and sort of gave her evaluation of, well, you know, given her level of energy and the way that her organs seemed to be functioning and her pulse and all of these other vitals that she was able to take, she says... What she said at that point to me is, it'll be days, not weeks. Right. And so I looked up the airline tickets and called my sister and said, so uh, this is what the nurse says and you should come now. And she said, okay. And I said, there's a fight in the morning. And she said, oh, you mean now, now? I said, well... You're already packed and you'll just be waiting to leave to go to the airport. So it might as well be first thing in the morning. And she said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So at this point, I forget who took that first shift, but I know that you and I were both doing, again, the musical houses, but one of the houses we were at was your mother's apartment. Well, before we left the hospital, when my mother was calling her sister, she asked her if she would come and stay at her house because she was going home on hospice and could she come and stay there with her? And then I talked to her and I said, it's not going to be very long. She's not going to last that long. And my aunt wasn't really getting it. No. And then I think about within an hour or two, she, she got it and she really mm-hmm. spun, spun out about that because once it hit her, oh, wait a second. What my sister's saying is she's dying now. Yes. And uh, she wants me to come and sit with her while she's dying now. And th- then yes. she wasn't doing as good. And both your sister and I thought that was a questionable idea. But that's what my mother wanted. That is what your mother wanted and your aunt was agreeable to it. So that's what happened for that first. Yeah. So I know my aunt came that Friday night and one of us stayed there. I think it was you because I don't recall staying there with with your aunt, except the one night that all four of us were there the night before she passed. Or maybe I was there until late and left and then came back. I don't know. That is, I had to take care of the insulin and stuff, which became a disaster because my aunt got a little scattered and it, it just became a disaster. A little scattered for the aunt who driving the wrong way down the expressway and who got lost on Chicken Scratch Road in the middle of she nowhere. She was trying to take my mother's blood sugar. Once my sister got her, the the stick in the machine the wrong way. And it, it was a bloody mess, okay? Stuck your mother like too many times. Way too many times to yeah, no. So so anyhow, we couldn't have that anymore. I had to do that. So your sister got there the next morning and you went and picked her up from the airport and then, yeah, it was the two of them until that happened. Well, I stayed at the house with them pretty much until night because, see, I got there with my sister and then my aunt had to leave and go back to grandma's to get st- her stuff. And while they were there, grandma's dog had a seizure because oh. the boy threw the ball and he thought he hit the dog in the eye and made the seizure happen. But it turns out the dog was having a seizure, which is why the dog got hit in the eye. Yes. And so then grandma and auntie take the boy and the dog to the vet 
hospital at stupid o'clock at night. Yes, I think sometime in the evening, my aunt's going to come back and stay with my sister at my mom's, and I'm going to go over to grandma's and watch the boy or something like that. But it was very, very late at night before any of that happened because the boy wanted to go with them to the ER, the, the pet ER, because he was worried about the dog, and so all of them went. No, actually, my aunt stayed at grandma's. And watched the remaining dogs. Yes, grandma went... And took the boy. To the pet emergency, and it was a very late night. It was, and that set you up to be exhausted for the entire remaining week. Yeah. Because then your sister, the very next morning, your aunt was there and had not slept well and was typically scattered. Come to find out that your aunt never sleeps well. Yeah, go ahead. While she was gone managing dogs. The nurse had come and we had talked to the nurse about insulin. And basically the idea was only give her enough insulin to keep her comfortable, to keep her from having an uncomfortable reaction. We don't need to give her a maintenance level of insulin. We just need to give her a palliative level of insulin. Yes. And your aunt got back and was all up in arms that no one had told her that, even though she had just gotten back and... I had picked up the boy from wherever the heck he was and got there with him and my aunt was outside with Bob, our dog, because (laughs) after Saturday being such a long day, I decided Bob needed to stay with us, which was very helpful to my sister. Yes. Dog therapy is good. Yeah. And when I got there with the boy, my aunt was outside and she was mad and says, nobody tells me anything. And I said, what didn't we tell you? And she said, she had overheard my sister talking on the phone to a friend. My sister's friend is a hospice nurse back where my sister lives and was just asking my sister what we were doing. Mm -hmm. My sister was explaining that to her. And my aunt decided that we weren't checking my mother's blood sugar or giving her insulin. And we never told her that. And I said, that's not, that's not what's happening. And that's not true. And she decided she was mad and she came inside and had the rest of her fit and then left, which meant that she wasn't staying there that night. And and your sister and was I, not okay with staying alone with your mother. No, and she doesn't know how to do any of the blood sugar stuff. And so the boy and I were suddenly stranded. With your sister and the dying woman. Yes. And I thought, well, I mean, I mean, this is just how we've been doing things. We just do the next thing. Yes. So I said to my sister, well, uh, we're going to need the things that I can't get now. And she decided that you should come over and bring them and keep us company for a while. And I said, well, if the boy was watching TV and I said to him, well, yeah, this is what this, this is, is the merry-go-round how... thing that we've been doing. And this is what we talked about last week, about how eventually over the course of your mother's health being in decline, your sister wanted both of us there. She did. And she talked to number two child and said, you know, I'd, I'd re- it helps me when you're, you're here, but but we need Jess to come here and help us too. And, and he said that that, that was, uh, well, he didn't want to stop watching the TV, first of all. And if... if If I had to remove him while you were there, then he had to stop watching his show. I I would just like to point out that if he had been genuinely traumatized, avoiding further trauma would have been more important than a TV show. You would think. You can't guarantee that. No. But you would think so. You would think so. And he just said, that's that's fine. And so then you, he didn't, he said he, he might not want to talk to you. And I said, that was fine. And uh, so you came over. And so he, he did finally, you did finally see him. Yes. After a long, long period of time. Yes. And then we were trying to figure out where on earth your aunt had gone to because she doesn't have a driver's license. She is probably... 10 blocks from grandma's house and 20 blocks from her own house, but she's old and walking is hard. She can walk okay, but she can't find her way where she's going. Yeah. 
But she did walk to her house. She walked to her own house? Yes. Because okay. I called grandma looking for her and she said she went home. And I said, oh, okay, well. Well, that's good that she was able to find her way home. And she had turned off her phone and didn't want to talk to anyone. I thought, well, that's fine too. And the next day I had to go to work. So you stayed with my sister. I stayed the with your sister. The boy went to the kids club. Mm-hmm. I went to work. My aunt called me to say they were going to get the priest for the last rites and then got mad about my sister and I got frustrated with that and then she hung up on me. But they this still is, brought the priest over. So the, the thing to remember about this is that your aunt and your mother used to hang up on each other all the time. This is just how they do. They're like 70-year-old toddlers. They cannot interact with one another in a healthy way ever. And so I think that your mother's state just sort of exacerbated that with your aunt. I, I think so too. But because I was already so spent, I wasn't having it. No. And so I wasn't going to coach her along or whatever usual things I do. There's and a reason that you're good at your job. As a mental health professional, you have been your family's therapist for many, many years. I just try to get them to behave especially in front of my child, you know? But anyhow, I wasn't having it. And so eventually she did come and apologize. That's good. The next day. Mm-hmm. So, or no, and they when brought- they, after the priest, I don't know, some point she Some did. point, yes. So it was good. And they did come and they did bring the priest, which was kind of funny because your mother has not been a practicing Catholic for decades and decades. No, but my sister talked to her about it and said, and talked to me about it and said, as a Catholic herself, and my mother having been confirmed in the Catholic Church, she would like to have the last rite said. And of course, my aunt and grandma are also Catholic. So that was helpful for all of them. Yes. And so that was good. Yes. That they were doing that. It was weird. I was raised Baptist. I never did anything like that. Did you, were you there when he was there? I was there. Okay. I was there. And I've he even invited for... me to be a part of the scenario because like he said, everyone who's actually related and he's like, okay, so you're the sister and you're the daughter and you're the daughter-in-law. Okay. You three do this thing mm-hmm. and make the sign of the cross on her forehead and, and repeat after me. And I was like, um, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I follow Catholics directions. Are weird, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen lots of last rites things because there was a lot of old people when I was a kid. Right. So the the thing is though, your aunt and our adopted grandma who they are preparing to move in with one another because they are both old, they are both on limited incomes, and it will be a beneficial arrangement if they can stop taking each other out shopping for them to live together. Yeah. Two incomes in one household is better than one income in one household. Yes. But the problem is they are on, like a lot of us are familiar with CPT or QPT, queer people time. They are on old people time. Yes. And so we we started at this point sending each other text messages saying that the elderlies were expected back at four o'clock OPT. Yes, because it was very questionable actually what time that would be. How many hours after the scheduled time (laughs) would they arrive? Yeah, my sister wanted a little peace and quiet one morning, and I said not to worry because it would take them forever to get out of the house and get there. And she was she was glad because she's at least as much of an introvert as my mother was. Yes, that is and true. She was sure my mother was not happy either. I said, oh, I'm sure she's not. Because <laughs> they were talking the whole time. They talk and talk <sighs> and talk. 
And that's why my mother would usually leave when we'd be somewhere. She'd mm-hmm. say, okay, take me home now. And I've told you before, and this is the reason that I didn't go with you the last couple times that you went to visit your sister. I find her anxiety contagious. Right. I didn't know that. I've told you that, but you didn't know that. I didn't understand. It's okay. Like, I I think I was able to manage it this time because there were things to do. But when we go visit her, there are not the things to do. And it's just sitting around and watching her be anxious. And so... I probably don't notice it because I'm used to her. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure. But then having the two elderlies around as well, one of them by themselves, each of them independently, are manageable. The two of them together get almost as much nervous energy and occasionally more nervous energy than your sister. And I was finding it maddening. Like, I can do the next thing. I can get the stuff. I can bring the stuff. I can clean the stuff. I can change the stuff. I can wash the stuff. But send me away to do it, please. Right. And so I was running laundry and I was getting groceries and I was, occasionally I stayed with your sister and I stayed with her a couple nights and I went to check on on her a couple mornings so that she could go and take the dog for a walk and have, have a breather. She never wanted to leave for more than a few minutes though. No, no, she didn't. And that's fine. She could do it her way. So yeah, it was helpful that Bob was available Mm -hmm. and portable. Yes. The boy was there a little more than expected also because he kept having accidents at the kids club where he'd run into some other kid and it it dawned on me at some stage that (laughs) I was like, why is he running into... He hasn't had a haircut in six months. Yes. So when you say he had an accident, most of us who work with children think have an accident as in like uh, toileting, which this child does have a toileting problem. But no, I mean, like he was actually running headlong into people and walls and getting poked in the eye because somebody walked into him and he wasn't watching where the other person was. and And he didn't want a haircut. But eventually I said to him, look. He never wants a haircut. No. I said, look, we're going to do two things because he was really injured the last time. Do you want the chiropractor first or a haircut first? And the chiropractor was because when he had bumped into someone, his jaw was clicking and you were going to just take him to have his neck and jaw adjusted. Uh, They'll adjust all of you, but mostly because he was freaking out about it. Mm -hmm. But the chiropractor wasn't available and we did get a haircut and it's a terrible haircut. I'm going to try to get it fixed in the morning. You keep saying that every morning and every morning it never happens. (laughs) Well, you try to fit it into my schedule. I know. Right? I know. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. I'm not trying to beg on you for it. It really is. This has been nuts. So... The, The last night we could tell that she was coming down to the end because her breathing, she had started the rattly breathing and... The the nurse didn't even think she'd make it that long, but... um, But she's stubborn. Yeah, and and then the boy went to his mom's that night, Mm -hmm. which was good because... Because... In the morning while we were all busy, that's when my mother took off. Yes, and that night your sister wanted you and me there and your aunt did not want to leave. So there were four of us crammed into the tiny apartment with your dying... With Bob the dog. Yes, with Bob the dog and the hospital bed with the dying person. And so like six mammals all in this one bedroom apartment. It was a little... It was a little maddening. The whole situation gets maddening at that point when you've had very little sleep and you're just waiting for the person who's dying to do their thing. I think it's unfair. I mean, I'm hoping I don't have to do something like that. I I think it's nicer the way I put down the dogs and, you know, get it over with right away. You know you're on your way out. Let's not go through this whole five-day, seven-day, ten-day ordeal, whatever whatever happens. I am hoping that by the time you and I are at that point, we will have the option to self-administer. Yes. Because, yeah, that wasn't 
wasn't fun for her either. It was terrible, I'm sure. The whole several weeks was terrible for her. And I'm glad she doesn't have to deal with that anymore. Yes. And in retrospect, I can now see the decline that happened over the last four years. Yeah. Yeah. It took some space to be able to see it because when you're in the middle of it, you're just dealing with the next thing. But... What else I was able to see with space was that everyone would she you when they weren't looking at you. Your mother, grandma, and your aunt. And they just look like crazy old people when they do that. They do. Especially if they do it in the hospital. Yep. They think, oh, this one's gone too. Yeah, This one's far gone. Your sister only she'd you once and corrected herself right away. And the rest of the time, your sister was right on it, which I thought was awesome. But all of the old people couldn't get it right. Grandma has a really hard time with it, but I just ignore her. Yeah. And at this point, you have broad shoulders and a full beard, and she looks like a crazy old lady. <laughs> they do. if They they just look like... Uh, they make it harder for the person who doesn't know what's going on to follow the conversation. But that's going to happen. The, the chiropractor sheed me the other day when he was behind me, and then he corrected himself right away and apologized. That's good. Yeah. Now, is this the Mormon chiropractor or the yes. other guy? Yes. Nice. He did, like, you know, when you're laying face down on the table and he's going to do your hips first or your back or whatever. Right. He didn't she me then. He he said, my condolences, sir. Mm-hmm. And then but when it was almost time to leave and he was trying to fix my shoulder that I couldn't lay on, mm-hmm. fix the rest of it, mm-hmm. he said, you need a massage. I think he said girl or something. And he said, I mean, boy. And then he said, sorry. But he said it like sincerely. Right. Like he, he didn't like that he got that wrong. I got That's it. good. Yeah. So he said, I, he said, I need a massage because I'm really locked up. And um, allow me to express my complete and utter shock right? after all of the stress recently that you need a massage. Yeah, I told my work wife who's back from a long trip away that I was going to be in late because I'm getting a massage tomorrow because I'm kind of locked up. And she also gave me her utter complete surprise look. Yes. So uh, I'm hoping that will be helpful because it's been very uncomfortable to have tense muscles and there's and, so much to do. Because oh my gosh. All this stuff before and then all the stuff after and, and now I've turned in the apartment keys and everything's done. And whatever didn't get to where it needed to go by my direct application was given to somebody else to do that was over there. Yes. So. Because if you leave things in her apartment, what are they going to do? Sue her for the money. They can't make her pay. They cannot. And she's probably pleased about that. I bet she is. Yes. And I did leave the guy a note because this is a guy she used to give stuff to all the time. And the other little friends of hers uh, said, if you can't get rid of everything, call John. John will take care of it. So I left John a note on the Mm -hmm. couch and told him that you had cleaned all the furniture. And I hope you found it a good home and left him my phone number if you needed to tell me anything or ask anything or whatever. So that adventure is over. Yeah, my sister's having a rough time of it because she left right away. And and I had a feeling that that might happen because she did leave like literally right away. And grandma was a little bit put out by that because she was like, oh, but the apartment needs to be cleaned and we need to get all this stuff ready for donation and, 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 and there's all these things to do. And where's grandma she going? Grandma knows all the things that have to happen because grandma's done a lot of this yes. before. But she wasn't considering the fact that your sister had been primary caregiver for six days straight, 24-7. Yes, up most of the night. With no more than a 10, 20-minute break to walk the dog at any given time. And my sister has a household to run that doesn't run very well when she's not there. No, she she has um, spoiled her husband and her kids and they don't function without her um, management. Yeah. So, so that that was going to be difficult too. And but then she left so quickly that she really didn't have time to process, and now she's processing far away. It's it's not going that well. Um, 
I suggested that she talk to the church about having a mass said, because I know Grandma and my aunt did that here, but I don't think she can talk to them about it because they're, she's in a different place and they probably do things differently and they might not be able to explain to her in a way that she can stay on the phone long enough to hear because <laughs> she's not used to having so many people like right there all the time Yeah, and talking at you, which I understand, but as you can see, I'm an extrovert compared to the rest of them. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> This is nuts. So, yeah. I was going to say, here's the other thing my sister's having a hard time with is our cousin, who was um, a few years younger than me, passed away a couple days ago, suddenly. And he was somebody who had a very hard time with my father's death. And my father also died young. And this guy didn't take care of himself like my dad and said he probably would end up like my dad. So he did. He had a heart attack at home and maybe lived another 12 hours. And that's a lot. Two family deaths. And I, I haven't talked to him in 30 years since my father died, probably. Right. Or any of those folks. I tried at first and it didn't work. You think that my mother's side of the family has trouble communicating. Yeah. So, but my sister's been in, in touch with his sister and she's been to my sister's house. And, you know, my sister likes to reconnect with everybody. And so my sister's having that kind of walloper too. Yes. And the thing you said to me was, you know, these things always come in threes. So watch out. We don't know who's next. Right. Lots of people say that. It's one of those old wives tales, I'm sure. I feel like our stress had been dialed up to 11. And now that things are managed and mom's no longer in pain, and that's one less responsibility, and our stress level is down to eight now. But it's still at eight. But that also has to do with things being ever so slightly better for some short period of time with the boy. With the boy, yes. And... There, there are a lot of things that got slightly better, but they are slightly better. And we have been living between six and 10 for a year, year and a half now. It's a high level of stress. So that's that for now, I think. I, I wish my sister could understand that the dead person is fine. We're the ones that, you know, have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem for them. Right. So it's almost time to get the boy. So I yes. think that that will have to be it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Did the boy say what time he was going to be done, or did they make any real plans about that? Except Don't you usually just be quiet when you do that? Usually I say one or two little things just to make sure that it's actually picking up, oh. and then I count us in. I'm not recognizing that sequence. I'm usually picturing you being quiet and counting with your fingers, Yes, and then we go. Because that's the point where you get into the headspace of talking to the microphone. Uh -huh. I'm in the headspace of preparing the microphone before that, but your head's still in the get myself ready to sit down and talk headspace. Right. Usually. So. Yeah, I'm used to sitting here waiting while you 
curse at birds that are singing or cars that are driving. Yes. Mm-hmm. And usually I curse out loud at them instead of silently cursing, like you silently curse your infinite goodness. Usually I curse at them out loud so that the microphone will pick up my voice and I can watch it. I don't remember any of this. I guess I wasn't paying attention. You're silently cursing your infinite goodness was our entire last two weeks. No, two. no. You swearing out loud when the birds are twerping. And twerping? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I love you. I'm tired. Yes, you are. It has been a really freaking long couple of weeks. I'm tired. The birds are noisy. The birds are noisy. (laughs) (laughs) And usually I make noise about them being noisy so that I can... Holding my head. You are holding your head. Do So the question I asked was, do we have a time for the boy to come home? I told him I would pick him up at eight. Okay. So maybe we want to quit yakking about that and talk about what we're talking about. Oh, it's 10 talk to 7. We're good. what we're saying. Talk about what you're saying. Yes. All right. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. <laughs> <laughs>